Hello, Compliance Heroes. This is the Compliance Hero Podcast, and I'm Lynn Farrell. I'm a member of the Senior Advisory Board of Treliant. And today, my guest is Doug Jackson, who is the Chief Compliance Officer of Regions Bank. Hi, Doug. Thanks for being with us. Hey, Lynn. Thanks for having me. Today, Doug is going to share with us five things that he thinks are important for compliance officers to know in our changing environment in 2018. It's certainly a challenging time for the compliance profession. So Doug, thanks for being willing to talk with us and share your vast knowledge. Doug has had quite a long experience in the compliance field. Doug, you want to give us about a one-minute background of yourself? I've been in compliance uh, for about 27 years now wow. in, in, a, in, in a variety, variety of roles um, and spent a lot of time with regulators managing exam processes as well as consumer compliance and CRA, BSA, all the fun stuff that's in compliance. Right. I think you were doing a lot of fair lending when I first mm-hmm. met you, True. fair lending person. Well, Doug has been uh, over the whole compliance organization here at Regions for several years, and I know that he has some good advice. So, Doug, what would be the first thing you would tell compliance officers out there? I would say, you know, to, to folks is, is to make sure that you know your customer. I mean, we could, we'll, we'll, we'll borrow something from the B, our BSA uh, disciplines, but you need to know that, you know, that your customer is, is probably more so, you have more customers than anybody else in the bank. You've got the you know the regulators as your customer. You've got and you've got to be able to understand what they need, what they want, how they want information delivered. You got to, your board is your customer, and your board committees are your customer. And the standpoint that you've got to be incredibly crisp, making sure that they understand some of the risk assessments and understanding some of the compliance implications of, of our businesses. Your senior management and your first line, your you know the, the people that are in production, you've got to understand kind of what their needs are, and you've got to understand how to talk to them about it. And then you've got uh, the, the the community as well as your as your customers, because in many in many times you know you are spending a lot of effort protecting them and helping them understand through education, helping them understand through financial literacy, for those of us that have CRA obligations as well as for UDAP obligations, making sure that we're protecting our customer base and our communities. So that's a, that's a lot of customers, and you, need to, lot. and you need to be able to tailor your message for every one of those, you know, for every one of those customers. And I would say probably the second thing then is to be, is to be crisp, be transparent, and be consistent. So, you know, even though you've got all these different audiences and different customers that you're working with, you can have the same message, but it has to be incredibly transparent. So when you're talking to your regulators, you know, they may ask you a question and it's not, but, you know, I always tell people, hey, this is not a deposition. You know, you want to make sure that your regulators have the information that they need, whether they ask it or not, to, you know, to come to the right conclusion. And, and we have that obligation, you know, to our, to our regulators. Uh, you also want to be transparent to your line of business. So you're not telling your line of business one thing and telling executive management something else or the board something else. You know, you need to be seen as, 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 as a very transparent person that is consistent in their message. Now, again, you have to adapt your message for folks so that they can understand it. And that requires some, you know, really good communication skills, 
and interpersonal skills and the ability to talk to people and the ability to write what you what you say uh, in a way that everybody can understand it. Well, that is a good one. And it, what I hear you saying there is that you need to engender trust both outwardly to the regulator and inwardly toward your business partners because I think that because of the subject matter we handle and compliance, we can maybe not be trusted sometimes as... Perhaps. I mean, I think what, I think a lot of times where that's coming from is that, A, it's a very complex message. Right. It's very nuanced. And, and if, you, you know, if you're a Reg B specialist and understand the nuances of Reg B and you're out talking to a line of business person who may not understand that, you know, you're coming from two different worlds. And I always say, look, regulatory logic and, and business sense don't, don't always intersect. They generally don't. And not only do they not intersect, they, they many times are just diametrically opposed to each other. Right. And so sometimes you're having to kind of hold their hand and making them understand, I realize that may not make business sense, but, it, you know, we got to follow some regulatory logic here. Right. Well, that's, that's good advice. So the first thing is know your customer, and the second thing is to be transparent. What would you say the third thing is? You know, I, I, one thing is, is, and it kind of goes hand in hand with these other two, too, is, and it goes back to your message, is, is, and I tell my folks, is don't be an apologist. You know, it, it's, you, know, you know, we have a discipline, and our discipline is, you know, just as, just as robust and just as scientific as other people. And I think you can help people understand why compliance and when compliance with rules and regulations, you know, are important and how it protects the bank and how you're identifying these risks. But again, it kind of goes back to that messaging. I, I generally don't apologize for that. I'm not an apologist to the program. I'm not coming in here going, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to do these testing, you know, all this testing for you, or, oh, here is a, a matter requiring attention. It's, I, you know, I come at it or try to come at it from a more collaborative aspect and, and that, you know, that, you're, that, you're, that your mission and that your needs, uh, you know, are, the, are representing the banks and are representing the communities and are representing your shareholders so that we can all work together on it. Right, because the bottom line is you should all be on the same team, right? Yes. So they want you to be aggressively, so to speak, or assertively, I'll put it that way, uh, managing the compliance function, not apologizing for yes, it. Yes, yes. Great. And I think with that, and probably that maybe that's a good segue to, to, to another important thing too, is that, is that even though we are even though we're supposed to be independent, and, and of course, you know, you see in the new guidance, they use the word independence a lot, and we're not independent like audit, but, you know, there is an independence, right. uh, probably a better word. But, and I, and I think that you're going to see more and more focus from the regulators that we be able to do, you know, to be able to prove our independence, that we haven't been captured by the, you know, by the line of business. But in, in doing so, you, you can still be, you know, you can still exhibit independence, but you can still bring solutions to the table. And and I and I've and, and this is some things that I've counseled, you know, some you know people in, in my organization as well as as well as with others too. It's like being independent doesn't mean you can't have an opinion about how to fix it. You know, matter of fact, you know, if you come in and say, "Gee, there's a flood problem," or "There's a you know there's a privacy problem here," you need to be coming to the table with what your solution is. And that doesn't that doesn't impugn your independence. That doesn't that doesn't you know that doesn't 
keep that doesn't that uh, but it also doesn't mean that the first line or the people that you're talking to your operational folks that they have to do it but you're at least starting the conversation on what to fix they may have a better idea you know you may be able to continue to challenge them through that discussion of it but you just can't put up a barrier between here's the problem fold your arms and, and say fix it you've got to be consultative with it in the fix you'll get a better solution likely your your uh, your your business partner is going to appreciate that more, and maybe they even walk away more educated because of the process that you went through. I think that we sometimes get hung up on independence, and and so as you as a compliance officer are trying to build your team, you want people that can be that can provide advice and guidance and can be consultative, while at the same time documenting their independence through this whole process. Right. Well, that's actually the best explanation I think I've ever heard of describing compliance as a, quote, partner, but still maintaining that somewhat arm's length to be able to judge whether something's working or not. True. And, 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 and you also have to be, you know, when, when you do provide those solutions and everything, you have, you have to be intellectually honest in the standpoint of then, you know, six months later when you come to evaluate it. Uh, so it's like, you know, because they'll say, well, gee, you helped me with the solution. And you're absolutely right. We did. Hey, it worked. Or maybe we need to tweak it some more. Because, right. you know, we don't always have every answer. But I think what maybe sometimes people do is that they don't want to go on that. They don't want to go out on that, that extra limb to help provide solutions because they don't want, you know, they realize that they may have to judge it later. And again, a lot of folks may be coming more from an audit perspective, and I get that from an audit standpoint, but we do not have the same level of independence as, as, as audit would have. Right. There's a difference between second and third mm -hmm. line. That's great. Good idea. Uh, well, so what would be your last point for us today, Doug? I, I think, you know, all of these things we talked about are more emotional skills or the ability to handle, you know, the ability to provide to be a leader the ability to kind of tell your story and do that, but there is a technical skill that I believe that compliance people are going to have to really enhance, and and that is the you know to increase your grasp of technology, because as we look at the as we look at our business partners who are using more and more technology, whether it be artificial intelligence, whether it be light automation, whether it be the implementation of a GRC, what whatever it may be. You know, in, instant underwriting through a you know through a through a, 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 a new black box type of mechanism. We have to be able to be at the table and understand that technology. I think we also have to be able to understand the technology to see how can we how can we reduce our workload given the heightened expectations around testing, given the heightened expectations around doing more from a compliance standpoint. It can't be done manually anymore. And so as we start looking at artificial intelligence, looking at ways to, to review our complaints, looking at automation to provide more TRID analysis or flood, you know, flood QAQC that's perhaps done in the first line so that we don't have to test it as much. Right. We've got to be technology solutions and operational experts so that we can help our banks you know, get a, a bigger bang for the buck. Maybe have a, maybe have a higher level of, of of testing on things, but do it in a cheaper way, because we're taking out some of the manual processes. Well, one thing I've noticed is that several of my compliance friends have told me that there are large technology 
like five-year plans underway in their organizations that mm-hmm. the overhaul of legacy systems and the implementation of new things like reg tech, so to speak, mm-hmm. are on the horizon. Do you think compliance management will be significantly different because of this, say, 10 years into the future? I, I do. I, I think that when you look at, for example, just you know regulatory feeds that are coming in, you know, you've got the ability to bring that in and, and remove that from a, uh, you know, change that from being a manual process to something that's coming in. But you're going to have to have a you're going to have to have a platform in which to make that more efficient. Um, so then, when you look at particularly legacy systems going away, say in the operational aspect and being replaced by something, you should be at the table again with your technology knowledge helping design those so that you get better MIS, better reports out of them, or building in QAQC, you know, in, in, in the beginning. Because your ops people and maybe the, the consultants and everybody who's working with it, they may be looking at it from an efficiency play there, which could create more compliance risk for you. So if you don't understand what's being done, and if you're not there, you know, helping design it and helping build out these changes, you know, your compliance concerns may be left behind, but if you're really on top of it, you can figure out a way to use those changes for probably a small incremental cost and be able to provide better, you know, maybe get better results from it, get better results from your regulatory compliance, you know, for some of the more technical aspects of these regs. Do you think a compliance, a CCO in the future, and you may have this now, if so, I would appreciate your sharing it, but don't you think a CCO in the future is going to have to have technology people on their staff? Yes, I do. I think that you're, you're you know, if you're going to do from from a testing perspective, you've got to have people that understand the the core systems, that they understand the SaaS databases, that they understand you know how to get the information you need. And many of the many of you folks that are listening to this, uh, you know, may have had you know may have had comments from your regulators about, oh, you're you're not using a true set of data. You're depending on the first line to give you the data, so you know. So they want you to vet the data. They want us. To, they want us to pull the data, vet the data, not be dependent on another. You know, on the group that we're reviewing to give us the data, and I think we're seeing that. You know, across the thing, and so you know, you got to have the ability to to understand that technology and not necessarily. Now, this isn't for everybody, and this isn't for every instance. But I think you're going to see it. You know, I think you're going to see that in the future, where that you've actually got. A true source of data that you're that you're working with. So yes, I think you know if you don't have technology people, you need to be building technology people immediately, or either partnering with, you know, your technology groups. Um, you know, un, you know, un, you know, trying to understand un, to understand it, or at least have access to them. Well, those are really great ideas, Doug. So I'm going to summarize Doug's five points today: the five things you need to know right now. Uh, first of all, know who your customer is. There's various constituencies that compliance officers serve. You've got to know who they are and what their needs are. Number two is to be transparent. You want to engender trust with your regulator as well as your business partners. Number three is don't apologize. Don't apologize for the regulations or for your CMS program. Just be factual. Number four, very important, come to the table with solutions try to be a problem solver to help the line of business see the way a solution could, see the path to the solution, let's say. And then number five is increase your grasp of technology in order to make your program work better and really to meet 
what sounds like are coming regulatory expectations for technology and for data in the compliance area. That's a, that's a good summary. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Doug. I really appreciate it. And you can reach me at lferrell at treeliant.com, and you can get the podcast on the Apple Podcast Store or the Google Marketplace. So thanks to Doug, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.